0: A pearl of wood smoke out of the chimney, an overcast day, a steaming mug of tea. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. In my somewhat distorted mental phenological calendar, I often think about the harvest season as the time of the year when the growing season is at its most full. This time usually spans the end of September, and typically through the beginning of October, depending on when the frost starts settling in. Sure, it's a time of abundance on the homestead and our neighboring farms, with squashes, corn, beans, and loads upon loads of tomatoes coming in from the fields. But it's also a time for nature's bounty, in the form of birch boletes, hen of the woods, and apples, both wild and feral, to name a few. Then, as the season marches towards November and December, I have a sinking feeling that the vivaciousness of the growing season is behind us, and is instead replaced with the melancholy muted shades of grays and browns, and the world is once again still until spring. But of course, there is always abundant life out there in the woods, and one sign of life that is often quite apparent as it flutters around searching for a mate this time of year is the Bruce Spanworm Moth. A Brief Complaint On the state's webpage, the very first two words of an entire article about the Bruce-Spanworm moth are, this pest. I completely reject this rather flippant and reductionist categorization of a native species. In my view, a native species that is living in its native habitat, doing the thing its ancestors have done for eons, is not a pest, but rather a part of a vastly complex and only partially understood natural system of abiotic and biotic factors that all come together to create the beauty we see around us. While many of you may find the name Bruce Spanworm to be new, I'm sure most of you are familiar with at least their larvae. When very small in the early spring, they are bright green with light stripes down their flanks, and everyone refers to these little caterpillars as inchworms. Now to be most correct, there are a few species that fall into the category of inchworms, and the Bruce Spanworm is just one of them. As the larva grows, it gets notably chunky, and its color darkens, but it keeps those light stripes. It is in this larval phase that the state haphazardly refers to it as a pest. The youngest caterpillars will eat tree leaves in the spring, leaving just the veins behind. The older caterpillars will eat the whole leaf except for the midrib, In a large infestation, they can do a number on the tree leaves, but generally have no impact on the tree if it's only a year. If it's a multi-year infestation, the state says it may have an impact on growth, and might reduce sap flow in maples during the following sugaring season. That's a lot of maize and mites for a species painted as a pest with a broad brush stroke. But I digress. By early summer, the Bruce spanworm larvae descend to the forest floor by a thread of silk and pupate in the soil and leaf litter. Come fall, the adults emerge from their cocoons and begin to breed. Rather unusually, the female Bruce Spanworm moths are completely wingless, and therefore flightless, whereas the males are solely responsible for flitting about looking for a mate in November and December. To cope with the colder temperatures and increased energy demands this time of year, the Bruce Spanworm moths have more muscles and less wing loading in order to use less energy to fly. So this weekend, as you are out and about, you can keep an eye out for a light-colored moth flitting about in the woodlands. With the alignment of their emergence with the autumn hunting season, the Bruce spanworm is also known as the hunter's moth and should offer a gentle reminder to wear your blaze orange and do your best not to look like a deer. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.